We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my darling, my fabulous friend, you spiritual seeker, my soul sibling. I'm so honored to be spending some energetic time with you here today on Empower Radio and Journey to Center. So what are your thoughts when I say the name Jesus Christ? Though Jesus was a master teacher of love, his name can be polarizing and provoke much discord. I know for me, Jesus has been a hot topic for many years. To my Christian friends, I'm not a Christian. And to my non-Christian friends, I am a Christian. I often say Jesus is my guru. And I love what the Course in Miracles says about Jesus being our elder brother. But do I think Jesus is the only way to get to God and enter the kingdom of heaven? No, I don't. I believe that is exclusive rather than inclusive and based on fear and judgment rather than love, acceptance, and compassion. So if you're ready to open your heart and mind, and if you're ready for a profound shift in your understanding of what really happened 2,000 years ago, you are in the right place right here, right now, and my show is dedicated to you. My guest today, David Young, has challenged the familiar story of Jesus that most of us are familiar with and instead shares his perspective of truth through his book entitled The True Story of Jesus and His Wife Mary Magdalena as an Incredible Story of Love and Survival. We are here with David Young. David is an artist, author, public speaker, and spiritual event leader. He's also a transcendental musician. His music is well known for his therapeutic properties and is a staple in hospitals, healing centers, and spas throughout the country. He travels extensively, hosting signature workshops entitled The Portal Between Heaven and Earth, which combines his music with guided meditations. Today, we're here to talk about his new book, The True Story of Jesus and His Wife, Mary Magdalena, where he provides historical chronicles that intersect the orchestrated synchronicities and spiritual conversations with Jesus Mother Mary and Mary Magdalena. So, David, thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation here today on Empower Radio. You're so welcome. I just have to know, how did this happen? Why did you birth this book and how did it come into being? It's quite beautiful. It's a little radical. So I need to know um, why you wrote it and how it came into being. Well, I grew up Jewish, and I have to tell you that if you would have told me 10 or 20 or 50 years ago I'd be writing a book like this, I would, I would say there's no way. But I started <laughs> doing these events called The Portal Between Heaven and Earth, and I've done 486 of these events over the last five years. Um, people at my meditation events started sharing that they were having experiences, visitations and conversations, and sometimes healings with Jesus. Mother Mary and Mary Magdalene. And at this point, over 1,400 people who have come to my events have shared what their experience was with Jesus, Mother Mary, or Mary Magdalene. Um, in addition to that, another 1,000 people had experiences that they shared in front of the group with either Buddha or Krishna or Moses or Isis or Kuan Yin or Archangel Michael or one of the other archangels. Um, and an additional 5,000 people had experiences where they reconnected with their grandmother who they loved who's not alive anymore or a best friend from childhood or somebody who they loved that's now in the heavenly dimension. I didn't know any of this was possible when I started to do my meditation events 
um, in 2014. Um, honestly, you couldn't really have talked to me about this because I wouldn't even have been open to having a conversation mm-hmm. because I didn't believe in channeling and I didn't believe that we on earth that are alive physically could have interaction or communication with anyone that's that's died and is now in the heavenly dimension. I just, I couldn't have that conversation because mm-hmm. I completely didn't believe in it. And what happened was that this consistent thing was happening at my events every single night that I did these events over the last five years. And, you know, sometimes Jesus appears to people and he's funny. And sometimes he appears to people if they're in a serious situation, you know, and those are times he has to be more serious, but mm-hmm. Um, this is how, this is how it all started was, was through my events and different pieces of the puzzle started coming in that started to get me to, to think about this. Cause you know, most Jewish people won't even have a conversation about Jesus, you know, um, growing up in my family, there was never a reason to say his name in our house cause we were Jewish, you know, and that's the way most mm-hmm. people are. Um, but one of the things that happened in the beginning was that there was a woman who kept coming back to my events, and she was a, a well-known channeler, um, a professional psychic. You know, she worked with police departments to help them find the missing kids when the detectives ran out of clues. You know, that's what psychics do also, but most people don't know that. And so I asked her how she got involved in spirituality because she had written three books, and she was really respected in her area of Massachusetts um, where she lived. And she said she was in the corporate world for 25 years, never really thought about spirituality or anything. And then when she retired, she had a friend who was interested in meditation and spirituality. So she decided to go to a workshop with her friend. And this woman leading the workshop told people, you know, you got to relax, take some deep breaths, clear your mind and allow the first thing to come through. Just allow it to come through. Mm -hmm. So everybody in the audience, there's 40 people in the audience, they all close their eyes and they all start to relax. And this woman is guiding them in meditation. And Jesus appears by her left ear and whispers in her left ear. And Jesus says, can you forgive me? And she says, why would I need to forgive you? And he said, because we had to leave you when you were little because it wasn't safe to bring you where we were going. At that point, she's given a vision of being one of Jesus and Mary Magdalene's three children. Jesus came back to Israel after traveling when he was 30 years old. Mother Mary introduced him to Mary Magdalene at a wedding. They got married right away. and Between the time he's 30 and 33 years old, they had three children. Okay. This woman was one of their children. So now she sees this image. It connects to a feeling of abandonment. She's had her whole life and never knew where it came from. And now she is bawling her eyes out in this meditation workshop. When the meditation is over, the woman in the front leading the group points to her and says, ma'am, I just want to tell you I could see Jesus whispering in your left ear while you were meditating, but I couldn't hear what he was saying. Hmm. Fascinating. So that was like the first clue in the puzzle of something else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, Then what happened was I... um, I do a lot of events that are sponsored by the International Association of Near-Death Studies, mm. called IANDS, IAN, mm-hmm. that's the mm-hmm. short thing. And um, they had brought me out to, to Arizona to do events in Tucson and Phoenix and in Sedona. 
And um, I did three events in Phoenix. And at the end of the third event, this guy came up to me and he said, I've been to all three events that you did here in Phoenix. And I said, you win the prize because no guy has ever come to three events in a row. <laughs> and, um, and it was true, you know. So I said, he hands me his card. And he says, my wife and I live in a beautiful house. We have a spare bedroom, spare bathroom. It's like its own wing of the house. Anytime you come back to Phoenix, my house is your house. So basically, hello, here's my card. My house is your house. Hmm. So six months went by, and I had his card in my pocket. And my, my ex-girlfriend, Mimi, who was an amazing channeler, um, we were going to be flying back to Phoenix after six months later. And the day before I'm flying back, I'm thinking, am I really going to call this guy? And ask him if, if my girlfriend and I can stay at his house. I mean, so I did call him and I asked him if he remembered me. And he said, of course, I went to your three events. And, I, and we both laughed about that. And I told him we're flying into Phoenix tomorrow. Um, is that offer still open for us to stay at your place with me and my girlfriend? He said, absolutely. We'll pick you up at the airport. So his wife and, me, and he picked us up at the airport. And we went out for dinner. And then the following morning, we were having coffee. And Mimi, my ex-girlfriend, her body starts to shake, which means she's starting to channel. And she said that Jesus, Mary Magdalene, and Mother Mary are here. And they want to thank you, Steve, for what you did 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago, you were a Roman soldier, and you were sympathetic about what was happening to Jesus because Jesus hadn't hurt anybody. He was teaching people about peace and love, um, and he got arrested for disturbing the peace. That's actually what he was arrested for. And so this Roman soldier was the soldier who took him down from the cross after six hours. If you remember, in all the history books and all the movies, there were three people crucified on that day, Jesus and two other guys. This Roman soldier took him down off the cross after six hours and put him in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. That's in the Bible. The last person in the Bible who sees Jesus at the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea is Mary Magdalene. The reason why only one of the three men crucified that day were put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea is because only one of those men was married to Joseph of Arimathea's daughter, who was Mary Magdalene. So there was only the reason why only one of those three men crucified was taken down off the cross and put in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea is because only one of those men was married to Joseph of Arimathea's daughter, who was Mary Magdalene. So this Roman soldier allows Mary Magdalene and her sister Martha, who's also in the Bible, to come into the tomb each day to change the bandages on Jesus's hands, on his feet, and on his ribs. And on the third day, this Roman soldier brought a wooden cart that was covered by hay, and it was pulled by a horse. Jesus is now having a near-death experience. He's in a coma, because anybody tortured like that would go into a coma. Mm -hmm. And he takes Jesus's body out of the tomb and puts it in the center of the wooden cart and covers his body with all the hay, which now his body is concealed. Mary Magdalene rides the horse, and that is how they escaped. Now, after Jesus and Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary thanked Steve for what he did to save Jesus' life, Mimi's body stopped shaking. And Steve says, you know, I went for a psychic reading last month, and I was told the exact same story. Mm -hmm. it, but it gets even better. I ended up telling that story at Unity of Sedona. And after I told that story about the wooden cart, the Roman soldier, and the hay, the whole thing, a woman raised her hand in the audience and she said, I am the office manager here at Unity of Sedona. 
And we have a monthly Mary Magdalene channeling group, and we channel Mary Magdalene once a month. There's seven women in our group. And Mary Magdalene came through to us and gave us the same exact story you just said about the Roman soldier, the wooden cart, the hay, and the horse. And we went out and we bought every single channeled book by Jesus, Mother Mary, or Mary Magdalene. And that story is not in any book. Mm-hmm. Wow. So this book, this book is the first book that, that the truth of how he lived and who saved him is in the book. But I also created... Um, an image of what that wooden cart and the horse looked like from an ancient picture that I found um, on the internet. Mm-hmm. Well, this blows things wide open. <laughs> well, there, it, it really does. And there's, there's some things about, that are part of this story that are really, um, they're hard to, you know, our intelligence is based on logic, right? Yes. And, there's, and our intelligence is also based on, on science. It's scientifically impossible for a man to disappear. In the Bible, it says he just disappeared and he was taken up to heaven. Right. Anybody who dies in the desert leaves a skeleton. How <laughs> come there was no skeleton? Hmm. Now, everybody knows that Jesus was Jewish and his real name was Yeshua. Right. But, mo- but most people don't realize that he was a rabbi. He is called a rabbi five times in the Bible. And because he was able to teach in the Jewish temples, that meant he was really a rabbi. Right. A re- in order for a man to become a rabbi, you have to have two things first. You have to have a wife and you have to have children first before you can become a rabbi. Yes, I have heard that. You know? So, yeah, the common belief is that he was a single guy and, you know, teaching what he teaches, and then he died and rose from death. And and you're saying that historical facts and the information that you receive through all of these events is, is radically different than that. And it resonates. It resonates more for me. What you're saying makes a lot more sense. I've been a little confused by this story and um, that there's only way one way to God, and that's to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I'm like, I don't think that's what Jesus was saying. I think well, he was like what you'd said, a new age kind of forward thinker. He was a mystic. Yeah, he, a mystic. He was a spiritual man. He had mm-hmm. spiritual goals, just the same way you and I have spiritual goals. We all have an incredible potential spiritually. One of the ways you can tell the difference between a master and a phony mm-hmm. is that a master will always try to get you to see your own divinity. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, a phony will tell you, you have to follow me forever. Right. Because you can't get there without me. A master will tell you, the truth is inside yourself. Yes. God is inside you. Heaven is inside you. You have access to all of these things if you apply yourself and you make it a priority for yourself. Every single spiritual master on the planet started yes. off as a human being. And climb the ladder. It's like if, if you see somebody who's a black belt in karate, they weren't born a black belt in karate. They went up through all the different levels and worked their way up to being a black belt in, in karate. So that's like a master of karate. Right. Somebody's going to become a master of spirituality. You work your way up the spiritual ladder and you help other people along the way. But you don't tell people that there's only one way up the ladder. That's, that's really... Um, that's backwards. You know, yeah, I have a lot of um, 
I have a lot of, uh, I guess, debates and uh, with my Christian friends when they say, um, you know, in the Bible, it says, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth and the light. The only way to the Father is through me. And I say he also said he pointed us inward towards our own divinity. The kingdom of heaven is within. Um, judge not lest you shall be judged. And in regards to performing miracles, these things and greater will you do. It wasn't like saying God's in me and not you. He's saying, yeah, God's in me, but God's in you. Turn inward and cultivate that relationship with your creator. At least that's my sense of what he was saying. Absolutely. That's really what he was saying. Now, so, so I have heard 1,400 people right after the meditation was over share what Jesus or Mary Magdalene or Mother Mary had to say to them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you know how many people he has said, I'm the way and the truth and light to out of those 1,400 people? How many? It's a trick question. I don't know. Zero? Zero. Huh. Zero. Not one person. Not one person. He hasn't even said one word from the Bible to anybody out of these 1,400 people. And there have been people who have come to my events who have been, who Jesus reconnects them to their, their wives or their husbands or their grandparents who are now in spirit. So there are some people he's given healings to. Like there was a woman who came to my event. She could barely walk into the event because she had stage four cancer. She said, if 10 is the worst pain in the world, one to 10, I was living with with 10, the worst pain in the world. She said that Jesus and Mother Mary showed up to to her during the meditation and and sent this healing energy to her. And she said she was completely pain-free for 48 hours after the event. She went from the worst pain in the world to no pain at all. So if somebody would say, oh, that's just a, you know, some, you know, fragmentation of Jesus or, or something like that, or it's not the real Jesus. Well, then how did she go from the worst pain in the world to no pain in, in two hours at my event? Mm. And there's documentation of all of that from her doctors at the hospital. That's fascinating. Well, I do believe the relationship is available to all of us, but I believe there's also other ascended masters that are legitimate and um, available for teaching. Like there's, there are different teachers. There's different um, ways of um, communicating, different things that resonate for all of us. Well, one of the interest, I agree with you. One of the interesting things, the way I explain this a little bit, is if somebody wants to know what New York is like, well, you could either fly to New York City. Mm-hmm. Or you could ask five or ten people who have already been to New York City what it's like. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if somebody wants to understand what heaven is like, you could ask somebody who had a near-death experience, or you could read one of the hundreds of books that are written by people who had near-death experiences or written by the nurses and the doctors in the hospitals who have had numerous patients describe their near-death experience. Because one of the things I found out through doing, doing the music at these conferences is that over 20 million Americans have had a near-death experience that was documented by their nurse or doctor in a hospital. That means when somebody woke up in a hospital bed, the first person they most likely spoke to was their nurse or their doctor. And they shared what their near-death experience was like with their nurse or their doctor. Then 7,000 people agreed to go under hypnosis from a professional hypnotherapist. So these professional hypnotherapists could find out what did they experience when they were in that other dimension while they were unconscious 
all 7,000 people described the same thing. Mm-hmm. That there was this tunnel and there was this light at the end of the tunnel and there was this overwhelming, beautiful, godly energy in this tunnel that was coming from everywhere. That mm-hmm. no words were beautiful enough for that, that feeling of flying through that tunnel with that light at the end of the tunnel. And when they got to that light at the end of the tunnel, the natural thing that people thought was, wow, I must be in heaven right now. So if I'm in heaven right now, I wonder if I'm going to see my mom or my dad or my grandfather. And a second later, their mom or their dad or their grandfather walked right up. Mm -hmm. Or they may have had the thought, wow, I must be in heaven right now. I wonder if I'm going to see Buddha or Jesus or Mother Mary. And a second later, Buddha or Jesus or Mother Mary or whoever they looked to, if it was a Hindu person and looked to Krishna or a Jewish person who looked to Moses, whoever they thought about came to mind. Mm -hmm. That's because in the heavenly dimension, they don't have the same physical limitations that we have in this physical world. In the heavenly dimension, your thoughts manifest instantly as reality. Yes. Where in the physical dimension, your thoughts can be completely different from what your reality is at that moment. But in heaven, whatever you're wondering about, whoever you're thinking about is literally going to walk right up to you. Right. You get that answer immediately or that experience immediately. Yeah. Goes the direction of your thoughts. Well, this is fascinating. A lot of what you're saying is, uh, is provoking, compelling. It resonates for me. And if um, our audience is interested in connecting with you, maybe getting a copy of your book or finding more out about um, your um, offerings, your um, events, how can they connect with you, David? Well, my website is davidyoungmusic.com. Well, that's and, easy. You know, <laughs> yeah. So the book is in the form of a paper book that's 13 inches by 10 inches. It's a yeah, it looks cover. like a coffee table book. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, there's paintings on, on every page. It's color, and there's also, it includes 12 QR codes, which you click on with your cell phone. That accesses 12 songs that you get for free with the book. So the book comes with 90 minutes of music. That's so cool. And so, yes, you're a musician. You play double recorders. You create some yep. of the most ethereal, ethereal, esoteric music in the world. And people often have what I understand, these kind of out-of-body experiences when they, they listen to your music. Can you just talk about that for a couple minutes? Yeah, I play two Renaissance flutes at one time, two different sizes. They're called recorders. Everybody's familiar with the little one, the soprano, that kids learn in the third grade, and that's where I learned it in the third grade. But I mainly play the alto and the tenor and the bass recorder. And when I play these two flutes together at one time, it it creates a a harmonic resonance. It's like uh, a frequency or an overtone. And the the two flutes create a third note. So when people hear me playing, even though I'm only playing two flutes, the harmonic frequency that's created creates a third note. And when people have had near-death experiences and then come to my events, they say that the closest thing they ever heard to the frequencies and the sounds that they heard in in heaven during their near-death experience, the closest thing they ever heard to that was the music that I created at these events. Yes. Dr. Evan Alexander, who had a near-death experience, speaks of this too, like listening to the music and how the mind sometimes makes a third note out of the, 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 the dissonance or the harmonic frequency. So he, is, he has said this as well. So I found that fascinating, and I definitely want to experience yeah, this for myself. 
I've met him a bunch of times at the conferences. The, Is that right? Your death conferences. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. I've, I've met him like five times, and um, I wouldn't say we're close friends, but I, I definitely um, would recommend people to look at his book because his book proof he of a, heaven a, yes yeah he was a brain surgeon he he was coming from the opposite place of spirituality he was coming yeah, from science. absolute logic and science and he's the biggest promoter of spirituality now because he after being a doctor for a long time he he had his own near-death experience and that changed everything for him Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've interviewed him on my show like four times and it's a compelling conversation. I've talked to a lot of people that have near-death experiences and and have learned a lot of the same things that you're hearing. But I've also had my own out-of-body experiences through guided meditations, hypnosis, and once when I got very sick. So everything you're saying really resonates. It's true for me. But I imagine there are some people that find you a bit like, what? <laughs> well, you know. 500 years ago, all the intelligent, educated people were all completely convinced and taught that this world was flat. And I checked on Google. (laughs) I checked on Google this morning. It's not flat. You know, if it's on Google, it's got to be true, right? So do you want to be one of those people who are still thinking that the world is flat? Like everybody who was normal and logical 500 years ago believed that. But the thing is, is that there's... There's 50 million Americans meditating or doing yoga once or twice a week, and this is not going away. This is part of our reality. Spirituality and yoga and meditation is a huge part of our reality. There was some survey that was done um, that asked people, how many many of you would say that you are religious? And 50% of the people said they they were religious. And then how many of you people think that you are spiritual? And 75% people said that they were spiritual. So there's a higher percentage of people in America who see themselves as being spiritual than people who see themselves as being religious. I would, I would, uh, I find that interesting. I wasn't sure of the statistics, but I certainly um, perceive myself as spiritual, where I think religion is the mind's way of understanding the heart. I'm going directly for the heart and that personal relationship with something greater. And that's what's made my life feel and look and um, just be a lot better. And that's my intention is to support people in tapping into their own divinity. And I know that's your intention as well, David. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed our conversation immensely. And I think you're very, uh, I think you're interesting and compelling. And I think this is a fascinating topic. And I hope to get you on again and continue the conversation. There's a lot, uh, a lot of good stuff here. So I really appreciate you. And so um, we just have a minute left. Do you have a final word or a message for the people that are listening to us here right now, David? Yeah, if you really want to know what Jesus is about, meditate. Go in inwardly and ask him. You may not get the answer that first minute, but if you're sincere, he's going to appear to you. He's appeared to 1,400 people at my events. There's no reason why he won't appear to you and give you what he's really about and share what he's really about. Because, you know, you wouldn't think that an ascended master is afraid of anything. But the biggest thing he's afraid of is that people are going to continue to misunderstand him. I forgot to, there's one thing I always say at all my events. I always say that, you know, Jesus told me, you know, through my ex-girlfriend that he's the most misunderstood, misrepresented person in the history of the world. Mm 
And I forgot to say that at one event, which was totally meant to be, because at the end of the event, this guy raised his hand and said, I just want to tell you, I channeled Jesus once. And what he said was he was the most misunderstood, misrepresented person in the history of the world. The same thing he had told me through my ex-girlfriend. Yep. I think that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. So yeah, cultivate that personal relationship with Jesus or with that something greater with the universe and uh, open your mind and heart to things that uh, um, maybe you didn't know before. It, expand, ascend, you know, let's go to this higher ground of great love. So David, thank you so much for saying yes to this conversation here with us today on Journey to Center and Empower Radio. And to my guests and listeners, thank you for allowing us to be part of your day. And uh, just know that we're sending you blessings of grace, ease, joy, ascension, um, unconditional love. Uh, Celebrate your majestic, beautiful, magical self and uh, be in touch. Let us know what you're thinking, feeling and how you're doing. God bless you. Take good, gentle care of yourself. Bye for now.